All right, this is the A. I'm Reg Clay. And Norman G. This is the A, where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. We have a fantastic guest, the wonderful and beautiful Mara Sotelo. How are you? I am wonderful. (laughs) All right. And Mara, uh, you and I, we were on stage together when we did Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown. You, yes. we also, you also did Flower Drum Song. Mm-hmm. You're an actress. You're a singer. I believe you're a dancer as well. No. <laughs> you're not a dancer? I will not call myself a dancer. No. Oh. But, uh, you I'm are really good at faking it till I make it <laughs> in that area. <laughs> you're incredibly multi-talented, and we're Thank so happy you. to have you. Um well, uh, Norman, uh, we have, this is going to be a short yay because you got to run out the door at 1130 and yeah. it's uh, 1045. It's so the, way in the morning. <laughs> what's going on for me is um, I'm directing Dracula at School of the Arts, co-directing because Elizabeth's in Broadway, and uh, <laughs> which is weird, but yay. Mm-hmm. And um, as you like it, we're finishing up our final weekend in the Presidio, and then we'll go to McLaren Park. And then this very long run will be done, which you were asking earlier how, you know, am I tired of it? I'm like, no, I'm, I've had a great time. I've been enjoying it. Yeah, that's right. You're in your, it must be your sixth week, seventh week. Oh, more than that. We started the week before the 4th of July. We started yeah, the weekend. Yeah, this is as, this is as you like as you folks who don't know, yeah. And we started the weekend before, the, going into 4th of July, mm-hmm. and we'll be running through the 22nd, so. Nice. Wow. All have of July, Have you been getting good crowds? Great crowds. Fantastic. Yeah, I, yeah. The smallest audience we had was in Cupertino, I think. And it wasn't small. It just wasn't packed. Mm. But, yeah, no, we've been getting great. And now we're in San Francisco. All these San Francisco people are coming out. So. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. And how was your Labor Day? Labor Day was nice. I mean, you know, it's weird because I don't get weekends. I will not see a weekend until the show is done. Mm. <laughs> and yeah. with uh, rehearsals for Dracula, it means I will not have a day off. Yeah, <laughs> I will go a month without yeah. having a day off. You know, I saw advertising <coughs> for Dracula. I, I think it's your Dracula. I don't think there's another Dracula going on. Oh. Uh, Danny Martin had put it up. Um, oh, so maybe, maybe there's another. No, uh, no, he was doing one. He's in one. Yeah, he is uh, Jonathan Harker, I think. Right. Yeah. I hope his script is better now. <laughs> we have a weird script. <laughs> well, I should also mention my sister is visiting. She hey, came sis. Out. <laughs> my sister Vicky is here. She came down from Portland to yeah. see the show and kind of wish me a happier Early happy birthday! Fantastic! So. Yeah, that's right. His birthday will be for you. All righty. <laughs> well, there, there's um, w- we've been missing for a couple of um, weeks, right. but uh, there's been some current events. Uh, ghost ship, no convictions. Are you surprised with that? I feel like it's appropriate. It's one, one guy acquitted, yeah. right? Yeah. And one guy that <coughs> sounds like they're pretty seriously talking about putting up another trial. Yeah. I, when I think about Ghost Ship, I think about uh, Mar. Are you familiar with the Ghost Ship thing? Uh, it was it was basically a um, it was a, a warehouse, warehouse that and they uh, were having a big uh, art party event thing. Yeah, and it burned down, yeah. and a lot of people were killed. Yes. and I think uh, the overall thing is sort of gentrification that you know that mm-hmm. they were sort of putting together. Um, it's I think they were there illegally, right? They were there illegally. They, were, they weren't gentrification. The gentrification part of the equation is. The reaction to this, because it was illegal, yeah. um, and there are a lot of spaces in Oakland like that, mm-hmm. um, the concern was that if this huge reaction of regulation came in, the only people who were going to be able to afford it were the gentrifiers, that all these artists right, exactly. trying to share <coughs> space because yeah. they don't have money were going to have to move somewhere And that's else. where I was pointing to, the fact that 
these people were here because it was the only place for them to have their parties and just do artistic cultural things. Well, the, the living space is one thing. The party, because at that point, you are now a public venue. Yeah. And, you know, there are all kinds of necessary regulations for that, so we don't all get killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In course. exactly that way. So, but, yeah, and so the one guy who was just sort of the caretaker has been acquitted. Mm-hmm. The other guy is still on the hook for it, and he's the one who had this vision mm-hmm. of an art space and didn't want to bother with all the details. Right, like proper wiring and all that and sort of stuff. And fire escapes yeah. and, yeah. Mar- and not having more people in than you should in yeah. a very small. It's a tiny warehouse. You can yeah. see it. If you ride BART. As soon as you pass, if you know where the Wendy's is, there's yeah. a Wendy's right there as you come into the BART station. Th- yeah. It's directly across the street. I pulled into that Wendy's the next week just to, I was just, I needed to make a phone call, so mm-hmm. I pulled into that Wendy's, and I'm sitting there going, oh, my God. Yeah. Here it is. It's right here. Here's a question for you, Mara, because uh, I just recently, I, I thought that you had been here for a while, but you only been here for four years. Mm-hmm, yes. Are you and your husband, are you affected by gentrification? I mean, are you, is, are, you know, are you under rent control? Are you pressured to continue to work and work and... Um, we're actually really lucky um, in that we, we live in the city in San Francisco, and mm. um, we live in a rent-controlled oh, uh, fantastic. Yeah, home. Yeah. And so it's just the people above us and us. Yeah. And we're one of those, I don't know, I guess it's, I've heard it <laughs> numerous times from different people, that we're very, very lucky because um, we have amazing landlords. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, really, they're really good to us. And, um, yeah, so I don't know. We haven't personally been affected by it, but we... When we came here from Chicago, I mean, it's so clear. You, yeah. you can see it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we'll get more into your origin story a little bit later. But I always wonder how people are living, mm-hmm. you know, in San Francisco where, you know, there's so much yeah. pressure. Mm-hmm. You've got to work, 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 make as much money as possible and just to keep, keep your head above the water. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, Hurricane Dory. Oh, Trump's Alabama map. Have you heard about this, Norman? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen the map. I've just seen all oh, of the clouds. Have you heard about this, Mara? No. Okay, this is another one of Trump's escapades. I mean, so Hurricane Dorian, unfortunately, it's just de- devastated the Bahamas and right. North Carolina. About a week ago, it was projected to hit Florida, mm-hmm. and there was a suggestion that it may go sort uh, southwest <clears throat> towards Alabama, but right. it didn't. Right. Trump basically said, oh, it's going to hit Alabama, and, of course, he's – He's vying for votes. He's vying right. for votes because he knows that there's an election in 2020. Mm-hmm. So he wants to make good with the people of Alabama, I guess. Right. I mean, they're going to vote for him anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but And newspapers are saying, well, no, it's not going towards Alabama. Hurricane Dorian is going towards along the East Coast. Right. He was like, no, that's fake news. And he just kept on going and going. And then he posted <laughs> these maps. And then he – with a Sharpie. He <laughs> really no. a Sharpie. To say that it was going to hit Alabama. It's yeah. like, wait a minute, where did that line come from? It didn't come from the NOAA. Right. The national. It's illegal. It right. is illegal to do that with a weather map. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely nuts. I mean, he has to be right all the time. And it's not about him. It's about the poor people. What is he doing in, for the folks in Bahamas? You the same hope. thing he did for the folks in Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Which is well, yeah, he just um, – I heard that somebody – um, whoever's in charge of the money on some housing stuff, there's like $80 million they're supposed to be giving for disaster relief that they haven't done. Oh, for God's they're, sake. They're being sued. And it's like, yet again, the Trump administration is being sued. Hmm. Yeah, and, you know, once again, Trump has made it about himself right? instead of, I mean, and it's a very simple press conference. Like, you know, listen, what are you doing about the folks there? He could have given just a Pollyannic answer with whatever. I, I <laughs> just <laughs> Don't try to figure him yeah. out. Yeah. 
Mara, how are you living in the age of Trump, and are you optimistic about 2020? I mean, do you have any thoughts yeah. at all? You know, I, I try to always stay optimistic. Yeah. Um, I, it, it's been a crazy last couple of years, but I'm hoping that, um, you know, we've learned from everything that we've seen and experienced in the last couple of years and, you know, um, learn from our mistakes, I would like mm-hmm. to call it that, and, um, you know, uh, move forward. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. I'm very heartened, especially here in the Bay Area, there's been so much Bay Area theater that is focused on social issues, a sort of a response to mm-hmm. Trump. Like I just mm-hmm. finished, uh, well, not just finished, but maybe like a couple of weeks ago, um, Lisa Kong had did uh, Emery, the Emeryville Horror, mm-hmm. which talks about the environmental effects that the inaction or inaction of this administration is having, having to the environment. I mean, you can say Hurricane Dorian mm-hmm. is based on climate change. You know, you can make that argument. So right. I'm glad that there's, there's theater, there's Bay Area theater that is focusing on these issues. And the last thing to lighten it up, a 73-year-old woman gave birth. Did you hear about this? No, I did not hear this. What? This is in India. So a woman wow. was given in vitro fertilization because uh, she and her husband have been trying for years, oh my Lord. decades, uh, it looks like, mm-hmm. uh, to have birth. And she gave birth healthy twins. And uh, I don't know if this is <laughs> – I mean, you know, they, they seem very happy. Wow. So <laughs> uh, Yay for them. Wow. Okay. <laughs> that is uh, – wow. Uh, you know. Yeah. But, hey, if, if they can do it, and, you know, like I said, they're happy, so that's all good. <laughs> they can't. Come on. They will be, before this child is a teenager, they <laughs> yeah. will be in their 80s. That's yeah. crazy. I saw a picture of Dick Van Dyke, Carl Reiner. Mm. Um, <coughs> there were like four of them mm-hmm. in their 90s, just happy and smiley <laughs> and out on the street. So I don't know. A lot of folks and Betty White, you know, she's yeah, still right. rolling in their 90s. So true. I think the but quality can of they life is let you, Can they take care of a child? Can, yeah. yeah. No. Well, I mean, if she's strong enough to give birth. At yeah. 73, I mean, it says a lot about yeah, yeah, strength, right? right? <laughs> we will see. Speaking of kids, Norman, how is uh, Dexter? Dexter's doing well. Yeah, he's in his senior year in school, right? He's in his senior year. The boy didn't come home last night. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. And so it's the middle of the night, and Mara wakes up and goes, oh, Dexter's not home. I'm like, what do you mean Dexter's not home? So... She's calling. She's trying to decide if she should do something else. He had said he was going to a friend's house. He went to the friend's house. Finally, this morning, they talk. And he, oh, I thought I told you I was spending the night. Mm. Like, please have a hard conversation <laughs> with him. Don't want to lose another night's sleep. You don't have any kids, do you, Mara? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, you and your husband, are you, I don't know, thinking about it or whatever? Or, you know, I mean, you know, I think you guys just are still young, so uh, you, you guys are having fun. Thank you. Mm-hmm. We, like to, we like to believe that we're young. <laughs> Younger than we probably really are. Um, yeah, we, we have a dog. Fantastic. Yeah. We, she's been with us for 11 years. So oh, wow. She's kind of like our fur baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, ma- what type of dog is she? She's like a little, she's a Lassop, so they look like they're the cousins of a, the Shih Tzu. Uh-huh. People are more um, familiar with Shih Tzus. So. Okay, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah her name's nice. Pepper. Uh-huh. Yep. Very, very cute. <laughs> and with that, let's get into an origin story. Uh, sure. Mara Sotelo. <laughs> Sotelo, am I saying that right? Yes, yeah, Sotelo. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Philippine American actress. Um, tell us an order story. Where did, you, where did you get involved in theater? Uh, are you yeah. where were you born and raised? So I was born in the Philippines. Okay. Um, and came to Chicago with my family, um, my parents, my younger brother, when I was eight years old. Mm-hmm. Um, so I still I remember the Philippines very clearly. Um, what province, if you don't mind me asking? Um, I was born in Bacolod, so we're like in the middle Bacolod? part of the, yeah, Bacolod. Bacolod. Okay, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, and my brother was um, three when we came here, so we were both born there, okay. but grew up here, so definitely went through the whole immigrant experience, um, juggling, you know, the, the American culture in the suburbs of Chicago, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> along with, you know, figuring out who we are as Filipino-Americans, um, so that I, I feel like that had a lot to do with um, kind of how I got into theater, Yeah, you know, because you, you know, in grade school, uh, you meet all kinds of people in these after-school clubs, and theater just kind of... Uh, mm-hmm. If you want to set that there. Oh, sure. If you want to. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it spoke to me, um, and it was a great place to just easily make friends. Now, yeah. were you involved in, I don't know, like when I was in school in, in Washington, D.C., they, you know, they had like uh, in elementary school, like little theater mm-hmm. th- stuff and all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. Did they have that? Did you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think it was mostly through just our school music program. Got it. But, you know, I think, and also um, I was <coughs> really trying to learn <coughs> the English language and master it. Mm. And so, so much of how I learned how to do that was through watching, you know, movies, yeah. and TV shows and, you know, theater. Mm-hmm. That's fascinating. I have another podcast called I'm an American, too, where I interview people who are not born in America to mm-hmm. get their view on American life. Yeah. And there's been talks about, like, assimilation and yeah. still holding on to your culture while still understanding what it is to be an American. Yeah. Did you have to go through any uh, discrimination or any hardships at all? Yeah. Growing up in the Midwest and it, not growing up in the city but in the suburbs, uh-huh. I was actually – uh, the only person of color, or maybe maybe there were two or three others in my school hmm. growing up, and so that was a struggle. Okay. And I did go through some bullying um, when I was really young. Um, and I think instead of like fighting back or <laughs> you know trying to be you know, proud of my culture, I think it, I, it went the other direction where I thought something was actually wrong with me, and so hmm. I tried very hard to fit in the best that I could with all my peers um and so that you know that was that was kind of a struggle um up until high school I think is when I fully embraced the fact that I'm Filipino American and something that I should be proud of but that's only because I met other people like me Mm -hmm. at that time um you know it was the area that I was living in was becoming more diverse at the time yeah um so that helped but yeah I think for many years um I I struggled with finding my identity and figuring out who I was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When did you learn, when did you tell yourself theater is the thing? Was it in high school? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. High school is when um, I had an amazing um, music and theater teacher, and he just, um, do you remember Mr. Holland's opus? He was kind of like mm. my Mr. You Holland. Um, yeah. What's, uh, I've heard the name of Richard Dreyfus. Dreyfus. That's oh, what I think. Yeah, yeah, Richard yeah. Dreyfus. Yes. Oh, now, now I do remember. Yes. 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 So he was kind of like my Mr. Holland. Okay. Mm-hmm. That teacher that really impacts your life you know um so mr van hook thank you (laughs) Mm. for opening up my world (laughs) um and uh opening my eyes to the world of theater i should say and and music and all that and um yeah i i think that really um did something to me in high school and really i think my confidence grew Mm. being you know able to get on stage and do what you do as an actor um at that young age um i I don't know it it was what was the first role you did um let's see so i think really it was like the choral group that Mm -hmm. uh where it all started um and then i was in um, once upon a mattress Mm. yeah i was one of the birds Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and uh Let's see. What, uh, guys and dolls. I was mostly in, oh. in choral roles. Mm-hmm. I think at that time, um, I 
did not have the guts to audition for larger roles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Interesting. he, Mr. Van Hook, was the one who told me, like, you should really you should really try yeah. mm-hmm. for that. And, and, and to be honest with you, I think part of that was it was a confidence thing, but it was also an identity thing where because I had only seen – white people in these roles yeah. right. on TV or wherever, mm-hmm. I didn't think that I could yeah. get mm-hmm. that role. Yeah. Right. You know, um, even though, you know, deep down I knew like, I could sing that, right? I can do mm-hmm. that. I yeah. think mm-hmm. I struggled with that because I'm like, but I don't look like that. Right. Yeah. You know, you know it's funny, Norman, uh, I, of course, Will and I, we're doing Black in the Bay. Oh, right. Yes. <laughs> and we've talked about identity and I wanted to ask a question I've never asked you in the two years we've been doing this. <laughs> Did you have an identity problem where, uh, you know, like when I was growing up, we, we both grew up on good times and, you know, uh-huh. we saw black actors right. and all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. But did we say, I can't see myself as an actor because or as even a leading man because I'm black or I don't look like, I don't know. Well, no, Robert I mean, Redford and all you, that see, sort of stuff. you yeah. see Sidney Poitier and you go, oh, mm-hmm. wow, I want to do that. Yeah. But I think similarly to you, all those other things like Gods and Dolls, I don't think there's any black faces in Gods <laughs> yeah. and Dolls. Right, you know? yeah. So you start – I learned as an actor to start looking for, oh, that role could be. Yeah. I could that, – that would be an interesting way. So basically my director brain started mm-hmm. to turn on early because I started going, I could cast myself as that, and this is how it affects the story. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I'm doing the same thing now with Dracula, where my Dracula is a female Dracula. Yeah, which is awesome. And so cool. we're not changing a lot of the gender stuff mm-hmm. in it because most of the people are talking about somebody they haven't seen, you know. Mm-hmm. So they keep saying there was a man or she has dreams. Lucy has dreams mm-hmm. of a man who's going to come and take her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And instead, we've got this tall young woman. Mm-hmm. who's playing the role so and great. it adds something to the story but you have to learn and i think everybody you know this mm-hmm. isn't about people of color learning this the whole culture needs to learn oh sure and we're doing it now with things like the little mermaid and what was the latest one with the big thing about the princess oh my god that can't be black it's like what are you talking you're talking about the little mermaid it's a mermaid <laughs> <laughs> right exactly it is exactly. not human yeah. Yes. So anything, anyone can be aerial. But yeah. there are so many people who can't wrap their minds around right. that. Yeah. Yeah. They well, including us, it. we've right. had we've right. had to learn to yes. do it, and then everybody says, "Oh, that's on you to learn." And it's like, no, the director needs to learn it. The mm-hmm. casting that's people need to learn it. Right. The lighting designer needs to yeah. learn it. We ha- remember we had a guest. I'm not going to mention his name. Mm-hmm. Where we said, "Hey, do you think about diversity when you when you cast people?" Mm-hmm. And he's like, "No, not really." He later asked me to delete that from because mm-hmm. he, did, he was a little bit ashamed, but. Right. You're absolutely right. Directors need to. But yes. And it starts with, you know, actors, of course, will say, hey, I can do that. Mm-hmm. But it takes a director to say, okay, I'm going to cast you. I'm going to take that chance. Yeah, yeah. And, but, of course, it takes talent. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you have that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So what was the first good role you had? What was the first where you had um, to step out and be you? Yeah, so I was in Aida, and I mm. got to play Amneris. Mm. That was wonderful. Um, and that was a director who definitely took a chance on me. He mm-hmm. didn't really know me. We had worked on uh, – we did Rent together, and we were um, – oh. and I was in the – Later on, I got to do Rent again, but I was um, I got to play Mimi. Mm-hmm. That was wonderful. So I think, you know, all of my acting stuff really took off actually after college. Um, I, I'm not a 
professional actor. I actually am an executive assistant, so that's my mm. career. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> and so I, but I do a lot of theater that people think like, oh, that's what you do professionally. And I'm like, actually, it's more like what I do. Now, when it's you, my passion. It's yeah. what I do. Did you study the theater in college? I did for a couple of years, and okay. then I switched over to a different major. Got it. Got yeah, it. yeah. So um, it, it's it's funny. I, you know, I run into people all the time. And they they don't realize like I have a nine to five mm-hmm. career <laughs> right. and they're like how do you do both i'm like if you love something so much you're gonna make it work absolutely yeah, yeah. speaking mm-hmm. of someone who's you know been a paralegal for 22 years <laughs> right <laughs> yeah. along right. with doing the theater that's thing. right mm-hmm. yeah so you get uh, it yeah 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 exactly yeah. when you were did you study i'm, I'm always interested in like mm-hmm. technique did you study beats and objectives and were you introduced to stanislavski and that so sort of stuff? actually i was i was an opera major wow so that was i believe that because mm-hmm. you have a great range for folks who don't know Mm-hmm. Thanks. So that was what I actually focused on. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the acting stuff kind of just happened when I started doing more musical theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's kind of my training. It was sure. m- mostly in opera and musical theater. Okay. Yeah. And when did you um, – well, uh, opera. Uh, did you <laughs> yeah. do any operas? Um, not – I did I, just like for recitals, okay, mm-hmm. things like that. But then when I switched my major, you know, it was something completely different. So I Got didn't it. really get a chance oh. to be in productions during mm-hmm. college because um, right. I needed to, you know, <laughs> study it, and right. graduate. <laughs> so it was actually after that that I would mm-hmm. audition, and it wasn't operas; um, it was musical theater. And so Got m- it. my entire background, if you look at my theater resume, it's all musicals. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> what brought you to the Bay? Uh, work. Um, my husband is a filmmaker, and oh. he mm-hmm. just could not pass up a amazing gig, and so mm-hmm. he gets to make movies for Google. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> awesome! Hey. Yeah, I can't say no to that. And also, we just could not handle the winters anymore mm-hmm. in Chicago. Yeah. We were right. done. Yeah. yeah, I I hear you know yeah. I, I I've never been. I've been to Chicago during the summertime, yeah, and that's too. the perfect time to go. <laughs> right. It's right. amazing. Yeah. yeah. yeah no, I mean those rivers. You know the three rivers, and mm-hmm. it just has a vibrant downtown area. I hear bad, I hear horrible things about Chicago shootings and all that sort of stuff. Did you have to endure? Well, I didn't that? grow what up what in the city. Okay, got it. And so, um, and it's, uh, that's something interesting that I found moving out here in the Bay. I feel like because it's smaller, mm-hmm. um, it, things just kind of flow into one another. So like neighborhoods and all that. But in mm-hmm. Chicago, things are kind of separated. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because it's just a wider <laughs> right. space. Sure. Um, and so I didn't really see any of that. Okay, uh, that growing makes sense. up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my husband grew up in the city, but he grew up in a different area too, and, you know, he didn't yeah. really experience that either. It just depends you, where you are. How did you get involved in Bay Area theater? Because you've been involved in a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, when I moved out here, um, I just focused on work for the first maybe year and a half or almost two years. And then I just decided to start looking things up online uh-huh. and yeah. found some auditions because that's what you do. Right, <laughs> yeah. And then I showed up, and then uh, my first. Um, musical that I got involved in was um, Cabaret um, mm. at Pacifica Spindrift uh-huh. and um, got to work with the most amazing people. Um, mm. Do you know Martin Rojas Dietrich? Uh-oh. I'm going to give a shout out to him. Yeah, please. <laughs> please. Yeah, sure. He's amazing. He's an amazing actor, but he was also uh, my director for that. And, and he was one of those people that I felt like really took a chance. Mm. Didn't know me, but, you know, I think, you know, auditions went really well. And, you know, um, and I got the part of Sally Bowles. And I thought, Damn. I know. And that was one of those, it's one of those roles that, again, when I was younger, I'm like, there's no way. Mm-hmm. No way I could ever play that. Like, what? Well, yeah. who would cast a Filipino, small little Filipino girl, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, to, to play the part of Sally Bowles? But, I mean, 
it, and it was I, I'm really proud of that production. Mm-hmm. So that was the first thing that I got mm-hmm. into, and then I did Into the Woods with them. Um, maybe a couple mm. months later, wow. um, took a little break, and then mm-hmm. I got to do Allegiance. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Where you acted with uh, Mel Lombardiola? Yes, so that's where I met Mel. Yeah. Um, and that one was really special too, because you know um, I think that was the first time that I got to be part of a pr- pretty. M- it was just, uh, I think, almost everyone was Asian, right. except for the parts that would go to you know um, the white people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then um, and then I did Flower Drum Song. Mm-hmm. Yep. And directed by Lily Tung. Yep, Crystal, right? I yeah, I got to work with Lily twice, so uh-huh. that was wonderful. Mm-hmm. And then. Um, and then did Women on the Verge. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, so it's just been busy. <laughs> yeah, and seeing you on stage, and of course you have the most difficult song, but uh, you know, once oh you nailed gosh. it, you know, people just absolutely loved it. <laughs> There's a song <laughs> called Model Behavior, uh-huh. and it just goes a mile a minute. I think, you know, if you just... It's like you're rapping, <laughs> basically. <laughs> uh-huh. mm. yeah, and I'm thinking, where do you take your breaths? Mm. And uh, But, you know, good... Good uh, singing technique is, you know, it's very, very essential. Yeah, but, uh, that opera training really helped. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and the comedy. I mean, and that's one of the, you know, the cool things about just watching you, you know, like you've had. There are folks who can do comedy really well. There are folks who do drama very well. Right. And it's very difficult to do both. Like, I imagine you've had to do, like, Allegiance. Well, Allegiance was not a, was that more Definitely of a drama? Definitely not a comedy. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I told the story of the Japanese internment camps right. oh, uh, during wow. World War II. So not fun at all. It was... Um, you know, the show is not meant to be funny, is what I mean to say. It's sure, so sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Wonderful, wonderful show. Um, but yeah, I love doing both. Mm-hmm. And um, I've been lucky enough to have that opportunity to do comedy and then just do, you know, total like, drama uh, type roles. Um, yeah, it, it's been it's been quite a journey. Yeah. <laughs> where do you see yourself in the future? I mean, are you comfortable where you are now, or do you want to do bigger and better things? Um. <laughs> I would hope. <laughs> I think we always want to do right, better right, things, right. but um, I'm I'm happy with you know having my career. Um, I never want to leave theater, and um, but I just if an opportunity comes up, you mm-hmm. know, I'll take it. I'll walk mm-hmm. through that door. Um, I, I guess I'm not one of those people that like hardcore pursues something, sure. but I'll go out and audition for things. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm in a I'm in a really good, healthy, happy place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you thought about Equity or SAG after? I I think the thought crossed my mind like yeah. once or twice before, but mm-hmm. I think I've kind of just made up my mind that I don't want to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't I mean, think I want to go there. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. and it's funny because you you were reminding me before we started that we had been on a panel together, yes. and it's when you're making choices about what you're going to do. There's the choices you make, and then mm-hmm. there are the opportunities that are being offered to you. And it's right. always interesting to start raising the bar on what opportunities you want to see offered mm. and not just wait. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I think of, uh, we had Crystal Piamonte Zhang, another Philippine-American actress, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. she just turned equity. Mm-hmm. And I guess, she, you know, there are doors that have opened for her. So I always wonder where the doors are open because, mm-hmm. you know, for some folks, it just doesn't open. For some, it does. Well, it's mm-hmm. funny. I um, So... Labor Day is a big day for the festival, for um, Free Shakespeare in the Park. Mm -hmm. A lot of veterans and a lot of San Francisco theater people who have the day off Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. come out. So um, one of the guys is connected locally with Equity, and he said, we have to have a conversation. (laughs) And it's because we got into it online about one of the things. I'm always going to push for the actors Mm -hmm. and the possibility, and therefore for the producers, and the possibility of us getting work 
equity is always going to push to raise the standards and make sure we're getting paid well. And those two things are not always, you know, yeah. in sync. Right. So we, yeah, we had a little bit of a back and forth about it because my thing is I don't feel like anybody is thinking if I were a producer, if I were going to like train producers in the Bay Area, the first thing I'd tell them to do is to look at the talent pool and mm. see what's out there that looks interesting to you, that looks intriguing to you, what inspires you based on the talent pool, mm -hmm. and then go look for material. Yeah, yeah, and that's right. In the Bay Area now, we're generating more new material, and so that's great because that's the other way to go at it. Who here is creating something? Mm -hmm. Who here has something to say? But I would say to those people just as well, don't be writing plays because anytime they write something that's really like ethnically specific, for mm -hmm. example, mm -hmm. and then they can't find the actors like, we just can't find Native American actors. Yeah. Well, the Native American community doesn't feel welcome by the theater community. So there aren't a lot who are openly saying, I'm a Native American because you don't have roles for them. Yeah. So they've been identifying as other things. You need to open that up. And then, more importantly, you need to go to that community and say, mm -hmm. we want to make sure that we're being inclusive and invite you in. Then you can take that little play that you wrote about the Native Americans and have an audience. Because what happens, even if you get it cast, mm -hmm. the Native American community doesn't come out to it because you're Berkeley rep and you don't do Native American shows. So Native American people, the community, mm -hmm. doesn't think as Berkeley rep is a place that represents them. Yeah, we need So you yeah. have to make both those efforts. Sure, yeah. There's communities and there's also playwrights who look at the talent pool to look at the actors and say, okay, like mm -hmm. a tailor. Yeah. Let me craft plays mm -hmm. and shows mm -hmm. that fit the community. Yeah. And, you know, Bendelstiff does that. Like, you know, like right. there's a Definitely. great Philippine community, yeah. and Bendelstiff has been very, very strong yeah. in right. creating oh. wonderful yes. Philippine. That know. was a shock coming here, actually. I mean, Chicago mm -hmm. is diverse, but it's right. the Bay Area is just on another level, especially for mm -hmm. Asian Americans. And yep. so coming here, and I, you know, I stepped foot into Bendelstiff, I'm like, I cannot believe this exists this is so amazing and it was just so mm -hmm. inspiring yep. um and i think that's also partly why i started just auditioning even more when mm -hmm. i came here because i'm like yeah i can do this you right. know there's a space <laughs> for me here yeah. this is amazing and, and yeah i've got one last question because i'm looking at the clock and yes. of course we have to be <laughs> and, it, it's, and i've got to get to the park yeah <laughs> <laughs> but there's just uh, so many questions um as far as a woman and also a minority although in in the bay area mm -hmm. you know i think um you know, there's a large Asian American mm -hmm. community. Mm -hmm. But as far as theater is concerned, have you ever felt discriminated or felt that, uh, let's say, there are roles that weren't, um, I don't know, appropriate or whatever? Like, you know, we've had some people say, well, I've been, you know, mm -hmm. um, mistreated um, as a woman mm -hmm. in the rehearsal space. Or I've been, you know, um, typecast or something like that. Mm -hmm. Have you had to deal with any of those things? Um, I don't think – anything uh it's more of like a feeling that you get you know so mm. i've no one's ever mm -hmm. been um you know i've been fortunate enough to work in places where people were just very kind good to me um and and theater you know it's it should be and it is you know an inclusive space and mm -hmm. i've always felt welcome everywhere i've worked so i'm thankful for that but there are definitely places where for example you go to audition you look around and you're like huh 
I'm the only one that looks like me here. Yeah. This is yeah, interesting. Yeah. And then you dig a little bit more. You ask a little bit. You, you ask uh, people, um, you know, like, so have you ever worked here? And then you'll hear some things where it's like, yeah, you know, it's it's very, like, you'll hear, like, that it's, it's clicky. Um, oh. They cast a lot of the same people. So you, I've heard and sure. I've kind of seen um, things like that. Um, and... I don't know. I don't. I want to experience it for myself. I don't want to just listen to what people say. But I definitely have gone to spaces where you can kind of like feel that vibe. Sure. Right. Sure. Where maybe oh, you, you know, they cast a lot of the same people, or you know, someone that looks like me might not be cast in this um, uh, show. But and I've been lucky enough that I haven't really experienced. Well, that's good. You know, so nothing, nothing direct, because you know we know no. the power of a director mm-hmm. um, and. Actors are usually very eager to just do what the director says, and uh, sometimes you have to take care of yourself as an actor. Yeah, I'm I'm really lucky. I think every director I've worked with has been just fabulous. So fantastic. Hope that continues. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and you bring this up, and it's funny because I just read this this morning, Mm -hmm. and I don't know where this is. There's a theater called Exit 63, Hmm. and um, they had a production of a new show, and they ended up having to shut it down. Oh, interesting. Because. Uh, the cast said you were just being inappropriate to mm. the director. Oh. And after a number of incidents that happened, they finally... The director's being inappropriate? Yeah, the, the director is being inappropriate. Yeah. Um, two people of color and... Oh, what... I, I don't even want to read it out loud. The uh, the one quote was just... He says, just fucking do it, you Ooh, B-word. God. And yeah. Off to a cast of women. Yeah. They were yeah. asking, yeah. trying to get clarification on something, and and then... You know, more than once there. Uh, so Chicago had a huge incident about a year or so ago mm-hmm. where another show got shut down. Um, the theater got shut down mm. because this guy was really, it sounds like he was just being very creepy, mm. um, being very inappropriate and was, you know, sexually harassing. Oh. Um, but but doing it under the cloud of I'm going, you know, like a sling, s- Spengali or something. Sure. That he, I'm, I'm helping your career. Oh so goodness, I'm trying yeah. to get, honey, don't worry. And that, things like that. Honey, sweetie. You know, yeah. and Some so folks just don't belong in the theater. Yeah. They came yeah. up with something they call the Oops Ouch Protocol. Mm-hmm. And they asked theaters there to sign on to it. This theater company, so maybe it is Chicago, um, but this theater company had yeah. signed on to it. What is the Oops Ouch Protocol? But basically, it's, it's and simple stuff like, you know, so in this scene... Can I touch you? Is that okay? Mm. You know, to just take that moment to check in with the person that you, instead of just, yeah. Oh, yeah. I want you to come over and grab her. That's so Ooh, important. You yeah. should check in first and make sure. Yeah. And most of the time, I mean, you know, I love that people are doing this more. And most of the time somebody says that to me and I'm like, yeah, go for it. Or, you know, but be careful with this shoulder. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff you might need to know. Yeah. Or just you're getting into my space and that's not the way I operate. And in fact, if I was cast in that way, then if you cast me for being the person I am and I'm not a touchy feely person, then my character's not going to be a touchy feely person. So if you wanted that, you should have cast somebody else because mm-hmm. I gave, I showed you who I am, but to give you that opportunity to just check in, don't oh let yeah. somebody steamroll I mean, over you. Consent is, everything <laughs> that's it really yeah. encourages and there are mechanisms for it that they of put course, in place yes. mm-hmm. this guy was just ignoring all of them so they name that's him and they put it out there and they said that the company they pulled down their instagram they pulled down their facebook mm-hmm. they they canceled the production mm-hmm. and so the cast and production people because it wasn't just the cast yeah got together and said so we are putting this out just to make sure this doesn't disappear yeah 
because yeah. that's really what they did is they just basically tried to disappear our show. No. Yeah. Those and things need to be called out for yeah. sure. Yeah, I have so many thoughts about that, but I don't have time. <laughs> <laughs> Shout outs. Yeah. <laughs> Birthdays. Birthdays. Uh, yeah, I've got a weird list of birthdays because mm-hmm. it includes something I don't think we've done before. Okay. Um, Luis Orpezo's um, birthday is coming up, and he's been dead for, I don't know, a decade or so. Mm-hmm. But he was a major um, theater maker here, and for Latin theaters, he really pushed that movement to actually encourage some groups to get some shows up and get some things going, encourage ACT to make more space for them and to think about them. Uh, the Magic Theater was mm-hmm. starting to produce more plays with that focus. Um, so even though he's gone, his his um, yeah, you know, he, his, he his reputation lives yeah. on. Uh, Tracy Held Potter, uh, playwright. Have we met her on it? No. We haven't? Maybe not yet. I keep working with Tracy. Um, mm-hmm. Tracy worked with me this summer at the Eugene O'Neill. Today's her birthday. Right on. Um, Ruthie Deneen is somebody who does theater at the East Bay Center for the Performing Arts, but her focus is music, really. So mm-hmm. I, I at least want to acknowledge her. Lauren English Clark, who is part of the folks at SF Playhouse. Okay. Um, Anna Schneiderman runs the flight deck here in Oakland. Okay. Um, and her company is called, oh, I can't get it right now. I want to say rough, and it's not rough. Um, Siobhan Darty, um, play actress. Um, I know her through Each One Reach One and um, playwriting programs. Mm-hmm. Um, I know her through Nueva, where we teach. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> she's another one who just seems to do everything. Uh, Juliet Tanner is an actress. I, I always think of her as my little sister because we did uh, House on Mango Street, and we all played multiple roles, but she kept being cast as the little sister whenever that was needed. Mm-hmm. And we ended up doing the show off and on for about four years. Oh, nice. <laughs> so we did kind of become family. Trevor Allen, a uh, local playwright, uh, lives up in Vallejo and does things, and I think he's actually got a look, um, but I think his working for the mouse is this weekend okay at uh, one you know one man show solo show mm. about his time working at Disneyland okay he's very careful not to say Disneyland or anything that could get him sued but <laughs> uh, yeah but it's wor- so it's working for the mouse that's mm-hmm. what I'm talking about uh, Josh Pollock is somebody I went to college with at San Francisco State and then last year um, a year and a half ago or something like that I saw him in a huge production at shotgun players uh, the Black Rider. And he was part of the music cast, mm-hmm. the music staff. Um, and then as I was doing um, the show that went to France, the Lucia Berlin story, mm-hmm. we were in Z Below. In Z Above was another show called Weightless. Mm-hmm. Josh was the guitarist and lead mm-hmm. uh, male uh-huh. in that piece. And so we were passing each other going in and out of the theater. It was just like, hey, what's up, man? Mm-hmm. And even weirder, the group that did Weightless was a musical, rock musical. Mm-hmm. They're the people who wrote the music for As You Like It that I'm doing this summer. So ah, small world, huh? Yes, it's a really weird small world. Um, Michelle Cordero Myers I met when I got to do Once on This Island. Mm-hmm. And she, I think I've mentioned, I think I mentioned her last year when we were doing this. Mm-hmm. She had gone to, moved to Santa Fe. Mm-hmm. She started doing teaching yoga and she thought I'll move to Santa Fe it'll be easy well no it's a different vibe Mm -hmm. she's back here but um, actress singer dancer and Ron Obergon is uh, 
Uh oh, I'm gonna sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> Bless you. Bless you. <laughs> Uh, Latino um, actor that I've known for many, many years, comedian, and uh-huh. uh, KJ, KJ DJ, uh-huh. very funny guy. So that's my list of happy birthday folks. And I've got a very, very small list. Uh, Kevin Howey, uh, someone who I went to school with at Duke Ellington School of the Arts, another theater major. Uh, he is 49 years old. Uh, Caitlin Everson, I'm trying to remember what show I did with her. She... Um, I think it may have been Off-Broadway West. By the way, Richard Harder and Barbara, they are now in Oregon. They did move. Okay. They did move. Um, so uh, Caitlin uh, and Kevin, uh, their birthdays will be on September the 10th. September the 9th will be uh, Ben Couch, and Ben Couch has been a guest on the Yay. Mm. He's a British actor, um, mm. and he actually did work at Bindlestiff. I was on stage with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, fantastic guy, and... Um, he did the yay, and also I'm an American, too. I got his v- view of mm. what what it is being a Brit, mm-hmm. a gay Brit, being in, in the Bay Area. And I thought I had one more. Simon Kaplan. Simon Kaplan, uh, his birthday will be Friday, September the 6th. Simon was a director, and I think he was our stage manager when I did uh, Wonder of the World, the first show that I ever did with uh, the now-defunct um, uh, East Enders Repertory Company. Oh. Which is sort of like a family for me. So Simon is now on the East Coast, and he's cool. doing well. And that's it. That's uh, all that I have. Uh, did you uh, Did you have anything, Mara? Uh, birthdays or whatever, <laughs> or shoutouts? We're doing just shows. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I wanted to just kind of give a little promo for yeah, the next course. show of that course. I'll be in. So um, I'll be doing uh, "She Loves Me." And this is another um, dream role. I've, want, I've always wanted to play Amalia Balish, and I get to play Amalia, mm. and she loves me. Um, and that'll be with um, Mountain Play oh, yeah. um, and Ross Valley Players. They're doing a co-production of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's directed by Nicole Helfer. And that'll and be this fall. It'll be this fall, November 14th through December 22nd. Damn. Yeah. Nice Super excited. I get to sing my vanilla ice cream song. Fantastic. <laughs> and I was right. Trevor Allen's uh, piece, Working for the Mouse, is today. Okay. Um, in fact, it's at 2 o'clock. So I don't know if anybody's going to hear this before <laughs> that goes up. <laughs> and I've got, I've got a couple of shows. Go for, for it. Stories High 19, Bindlestiff. Bindlestiff is always doing Stories High, which is a way for young, budding writers, actors, uh, directors to sort of hone their craft, and they do a showcase every year. I've been in two of them, and they're doing it again. That'll be September the 12th through the 21st. Shotgun Players is doing The Flick. Uh, it's running now until September the 22nd. Ross Role Players Ensemble is doing The Glass Menagerie, running until September the 15th, so they're about to close up. Three Musketeers, uh, the Douglas Morrison Theater is doing that. Uh, Gene Mossy, a good friend of our, uh, mine, um, he's a playwright and a actor, um, and he is in the play. Also, Cynthia Logazinski, you remember oh, her? Right, she, yes. uh, she is in the play as well. Uh, that'll be uh, September the 12th through the 29th, and that's all that I have. And uh, Knives with Hens is uh, Anton Wells' show that I think opens tonight at the Brooklyn Preserve. Okay. Uh, and, and that's th- it. That is it. Mara, did you have a good time? Oh, this was lovely. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so Great much. Way to start my day on a Saturday. <laughs> thank you. Yes, I'm glad we were able to do this. Especially yeah. if it's an early, early morning. Do mm-hmm. you guys usually do this later? Yeah. Usually at 12. Oh, but, uh, okay, right. okay. <laughs> Well, that was but a nice yeah, start no, th- Yeah, thank you so much. I'm just g- so, so happy to have you. I'm so happy to have worked with you. You know, yes. you, you're just a fantastic actress. Thank you. 
Alrighty, let me do my blurb. You can find the Yay on the Apple Podcast app, really any app that you listen to your podcast. Of course, you're listening to it now, but tell your friends. If you're an old stogie like me and you listen to your podcast on a laptop or a desktop, you can go on iTunes before Apple takes it down. <laughs> uh, go on uh, uh. the Apple uh, iTunes store. Go on, Use the search engine on the upper right-hand side. Search for the Yay. You'll find us. If you're an Android user, use the SoundCloud app. Just go on SoundCloud.com. We're also on Spotify. You can uh, find the Yay. The Yay was created by theater people for theater people. If you have a show you want to advertise, or if you just want to advertise yourself, let us know. Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram. I'm at Red Space Clay. And I'm at Who's Your Hoosier? Um, Mara, do you have a Instagram, Snapchat thing? Or a just website? My, nope, no website. Just my Instagram. It's Mara Satello. Okay. Yeah. On Instagram, yeah. And we'll have a link to that. And if you're looking for a fantastic actress, singer, um, you can't go wrong with Mara. She's fantastic. Yay. And we, we got to find a better, better sign-off. And we are out. <laughs>